All right. Well, today is July 18th, 2018. Title of my message is Dialing in Discernment. I want y'all to be, y'all be nice to me. This is my first sermon here at LCM. It's, yeah, this is my first one. If you hear some stumbling over words, it's because I'm excited, not because I'm nervous. Uh, guys, you know that, guys who have been in Acts 1 class, you know that when we, when we preach, we make sure that the word is impacting our hearts first before we, uh, before we preach it, right? This is something the Lord's put on my heart for a long time about dialing in discernment. I'd like to pick up where Pastor Matt left off on Sunday. Let's turn to Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. Say there when you're there. We're going to be reading from a lot of different translations tonight. Mainly the Orthodox Jewish Bible. I've been waiting for my chance to do this, Pastor. says this, for the word of God is living and strong, sharper than every double-edged sword and penetrating as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the evil thoughts and deliberations of the inner directedness of the heart. And there is not anything created or hidden from his sight, but all things are laid bare and exposed to the eyes of God to him we must render an account. Guys, we see when we read this word what, the, what Hebrews 4, 12, and 13 is doing. Well, what it's doing in us. What it gives us a clear, direct word what we should be doing. Later in the letter, the author tells us what it will do for you. So let's turn to chapter 5, 14. Just one, just one uh, page over might be on the same place. So we're going to be reading from about four different translations just from this verse. Because I want you guys to get something very special in this. This is something that blessed, our, blessed uh, the men that was in here when we, were, when we were going through this word. Hebrews 5.14 out of the NIV says this. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained, yourselves, trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Guys, we've heard this, this verse a lot, but let's, let's let it hit our hearts like it's the very first time we've heard it. You know, we've, we, we are drinking and soaking in the word. Let, let's take this in like it's really the first time. All right. So in the, in the NIV, it says you can see that the word trains you to distinguish. The word is training you. You know, we, when we were doing a study, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> it's funny what a word study on trained would do. Let, let's put up that slide to help everybody see it. This is the Greek, 1128. Drink that in. <laughs> to exercise, to train, right? Gunazo, naked, to train naked. As the Greek athletes, generally to exercise, to train. Thus, gymnasium or gymnasium is a place of exercising. Interesting that they would train naked, huh? Weird Greeks. Weirdos. The Greek, athlete, the Greek athletes trained naked. I'm not sure that I would do that, but that's what they did. 
The idea was that there would be no hindrances, that no clothes the enemy could grab onto. And think about if you were fighting in a necktie, how the enemy could grab you and do whatever he wanted you to. The word of God is to properly train you. So we have to strip some things away. And tonight I felt like while we were in worship, man, we were hindered by, by thoughts, by what we did today, exhaustion. Did I hit anything on the head today? Was it a little hard to enter in today? Was our expectation a little bit lower than it should have been today? We need to press in harder. Even when you listen to the word, it's easy to just sit and just listen. But let's take the word and let's go after our hearts today. Amen. The word of God is to properly train us. We have to strip things away. Hebrews 5.14, we're already there. I'm going to read it in the Orthodox Jewish Bible. It says this. But solid food is for the mature adults, the ones whose faculties have been, cha- have been trained by practice for distinguishing both good and evil. I like this version. Notice that the OJB mentions faculties. You're not just to train, you're not just to train, but you are trained to, you're supposed to train your faculties, your mind. You have to remove the hindrances from your faculties. The things that affect the way you interpret your situation. Maybe Wednesday night before you come into worship. Things that are hindering you about being excited to meet with Jesus. We got to go after it. It also mentions training by practice. It takes time to get this right. Guys, it's constant use. It's going to take time. You're not where you want to be yet. Keep pressing forward. If you continue to push forward, God's faithful. He'll give you what you need. It's going to take a lot of practice. Let's check it out in the NASB of Hebrews 5.14. But solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Notice the NASB says senses like faculties. The way you sense the situation around you. Figuratively, the way it smells, the way it looks, the way it sounds, the way it tastes. To some people, the the situation may stink or might taste funny. But others who have been trained in righteousness will think it is the aroma of the Lord and that it tastes good. Amen. How many times have you been in a situation in life where they're like, I do not understand how you're upholding your faith. This is such a tough thing. I know what's going on in your life. And it stinks to them and they don't want to taste it. It's nasty. But you know the hope that you have, and you know that Jesus Christ is living inside of you, pushing you, propelling you. When the Lord tells you to do something, you set your face like flint, and God's blessed it. It tastes sweet to you. Lastly, the nasty gets the point we are driving home tonight, to discern good from evil. That's what we're going to be talking about. Let's see this verse in the Amplified. Do we have it in the Amplified? It kind of says it all. Beautiful. So good. But solid food is for full-grown men. For those whose senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate uh and distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary, 
either to divine or human law. A couple things jump at me when I read it out of this. Is the first thing is discriminate. That's a, we hear that word nowadays, that's a dirty word. But discriminate is something that actually saves our soul if we know what it's about. There's things when we, you know, discriminate, when we're talking about, there's things that you shouldn't like. You don't need to taste it and know about it first. If the Word of God says don't do it, it's enough. We shouldn't do it. Next thing is distinguish. You have to be able to see the difference between things that look similar at first glance. Maybe a tough decision in your life. Both, both arenas look really good, look really promising. There's a fork in the road. How do we do it? By constant use of the word, constant use of, of, of fellowship, hanging out with believers, accountability, using God's word to discern correctly. He wants us to fine-tune discernment. But my favorite part of this is like most of the guys in here. It's the full-grown men one. Our subject tonight is aimed for me. It's aimed at all of you. Because we want to be mature, full-grown men, right? Amen. So I looked up the word discernment in uh, Merriam-Webster's 1838, 1828. It says this, it's a noun, the act of discerning, also the power or faculty of the mind, by which it distinguishes one thing from another, as truth from falsehood. Virtue from vice, acuteness of judgment, power of per, uh, perceiving differences of things or ideas, and their relations and tendencies. And then a little, and a little footnote on the bottom of this, it says, The errors of youth often precede the lack of discernment. That was in Merriam-Webster's, yeah, I thought that was amazing. How many times have we made mistakes as, as young men, young women, more mature? Because we didn't even ask for discernment. We just, this is what we always do. Yeah. He understood that. It was pretty awesome. To dial into discernment, Hebrews 5.14 says we are going to have to train, but train naked. Bear. Nothing hindering. Stop letting the enemy grab our clothes and take us where he wants us to go. Meaning strip away things from our senses, our faculties, our thoughts, anything that disagree with God's word. Anything. Amen. I'm going to say it. Pastor Eric was urging me to tell everyone, let's get naked. <laughs> he gets away with those things. <laughs> So I'm going to say it, I guess. Let's look at the things that might need to be stripped away in 1 John. And I'm going to read it from the ESV. Let's turn to 1 John 3, verse 4. Say there when you're there. 1 John 3, verse 4. And we're going to read through verse 10. 1 John 3, verse 4 through 10. It says this. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared to take away sins. Who's that that appeared to take away sins? Amen. And in him there was no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or know him. 
Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of righteous, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Do we know this? Have you all read this before? Okay. Don't let me lose you though. You've read it a ton. Let's keep reading. The reason the Son of God appeared was to what? Destroy the works of the devils. That's right. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. It's said it a few times. For God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this, it is evident who the children of God are. Is it evident to you? He goes to church, and he says the right things, and he, and he prays for people. First John says it's evident. By this, it is evident who the children of God are and who are children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. This is going to be obvious, but maybe not for some of you. Here you can clearly see that the practice of sin aligns you with who? The devil. <laughs> it's hard to have God's discernment when you're aligning, your, when you're aligning yourself with the devil. That's a heavy thing. How many times have we tried to get God's discernment out of something, but we've been hanging on to impure thoughts and we've been hanging on to bitterness. We've been hanging on to things that's been trying to destroy us and has been working because we haven't gone to war with it properly and haven't had the right discernment. The word of God begins to teach you to practice righteousness and align yourself with the way God sees things. How God views your behavior. How God views your neighbor. How God views your work life. How does God view your spouse? How does God view your children? Etc. Let me show you what I mean first from the Psalms and then I'll give you an example from my own life. Let's turn to Psalm 36 verses 1 through 3. Psalm 36, 1 through 3. I'm calling the first, oh, sorry, that was loud. I'm calling the first three verses of this the no discernment song. That's what I wrote down in my notes. I don't know. It says this, I have a message from God in my heart concerning the sinfulness of the wicked. There is no fear of God before their eyes. In their own eyes, they flatter themselves too much to detect or hate their sin. The words of their mouths are wicked and deceitful. They fail to act wisely or do good. Did we hear this a couple of days ago? Did we hear this verse a couple of days ago? No, it, there's no coincidences in the kingdom. If the Lord's bringing up something multiple, multiple times, let's wrap our arms around it. Let's take hold of it. Take it in like the first time. Let's digest it. You can see in these that sin hinders your discernment. It's obvious. But in my own life, my discernment has suffered in times. I've taken jobs because of sinful pride. I valued money and me time or the respect of my coworkers over the discernment of, of that God wanted me to have. These were decisions that I could not see clearly because of sinful habits that were blinding me. The word of God needed to strip me of the behavior so that I could see the situation as God sees it. My pride has kept me from reconciling things with my wife. 
This has caused me to view all her actions through a lens other than God's eyes. Have that been any of you men in here? Pride. Pastor Eric was sharing one thing with me uh, back there. Wife's doing things that are great. She does one thing to hurt your feelings, and now she's the worst wife ever. Everything that, she's, <laughs> everything that she does, even when, it, when she's trying hard, we're looking through the wrong lens. Pride. But, I, but we have to be stripped of the behavior in order to gain God's perspective. How about frustrations? How many times have you lost discernment because you were angry? How many times has that happened to you? You know, when we downplay things like pride, we downplay, downplay things like rage, you know, that, that's okay. We, down, we, we downplay those things, but we can't hear from God properly when we're sinning, bottom line. You can't hear from God. And how many times have we just allowed it to happen? You know, we need Jesus to strip us bare tonight. We need him to strip us bare so that we can know how to run towards him. Something that I wrote, if you're not practicing discernment of each thought, your passive thoughts or your active thoughts, if you're not discerning according to the word of God and the spirit throughout the day, then you may be sinning. And you need to ask God about that. There was a couple of brothers I was talking to this week and we were discussing how easy it is to get lost in life, you know, and how easy it is to not witness to coworkers. Not, not, not talk to certain people outside of our comfort zones about the word. And if we're not careful, we just don't do it all together. But if God's not judging, if we're not allowing God to judge every thought, every word that comes out of our mouth, deed done, deeds we thought we were going to do, but we didn't do. If we're not allowing God to do that, what, I mean, what are we actually trying to accomplish in the kingdom if, if we don't belong to God? We need to be working each and every day to belong to God in everything that we do. Let's turn to John 7, 24. John 7, 24. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It really is. You should read it in the OJB. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. John 7, 24 says, Stop judging on what? Mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. This scripture strikes at the core of who I am and the problem of discernment. It really does. This is one of my biggest things right now. Wanting to discern the will of God, but being willing to use all of man-made products to get the answers that I want. Maybe this is your problem too. You know, I tend to discern or judge based on what I see and what I think in the moment. Is that what you do in your work? Is that what you do when you're running errands? Is that what you do when you're taking care of the kids? You know, I tell Caitlin that Riley was much easier than Eva. Eva's aggressive. She's chubby and angry all the time. She's always... She's always, she's either excited or she's crying. There's no in between. And I'm really amazed how God has used Caitlin. She's just a great mom. Amen. And that's Amen. something that husbands, we shouldn't take lightly at all. No, that's such an amazing thing. Yeah. I mean, 
Some of us might not have had great moms or any mothers. But if your wife's trying and striving, good for you, mamas. Keep it up. Amen. Things that are hindering us when we have baggage, sin, or you just aren't stripped of your own thoughts, then it is easy to judge by mere appearances rather than God's word. Have you ever said things like, I just feel like I'm in a fog to make a good decision? My discernment's just been off these past couple of days. Or when the word plainly instructs you to do something different, you go, and a brother says it, you go, I just see it differently than that. Has that been anybody in here? I'd rather not see it like that today. But really, how does God see it? How does God see it when we, when we push those things to the side? That is the beginning of mature discernment. And you must strip away sinful thoughts. That's passive thoughts. I want to drive that home. Things that, I think I heard Nick talking about it on Monday night. Thoughts that are lining up beside kingdom thoughts. Things that are side by side because we're comfortable with not driving them out. We have to strip away these things. We have to strip away the mere appearance, the way it looks to our natural unsaved lives. Mere appearances, when we, when we rest on those things to make decisions in the kingdom, it's, it's, it's the way to death. Jesus talked about this in Matthew. Let's turn to Matthew 7, 1 through 5. I'm going to be reading this out of the, the Orthodox Jewish Bible. I think one of Pastor Eric's sons calls it the O.J. Simpson Bible. They like to mess with me. Matthew 7, 1 through 5. <laughs> Y'all there? Judge not lest you be judged. For with what verdict you judge, you also will be judged. And with what measure you measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck in the eye of your brother, but you do not consider the beam in your own eye? Or how will you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eyes, and behold, the beam is in your eye all along? Hypocrite, first take the beam out of your eye, and then you will see clearly enough to take the speck from the eye of your brother. When reading this with the pastors, they reminded me of a quote that some of you may have heard before. It's by a guy with an incredible name. His name's Spencer Herbert Spencer. Herbert Spencer is his name. Do we have the slide for this one, Pastor, or no? It says this, There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all argument, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. The principle is contempt prior to the examination. One of the ways to view this quote in the words of Jesus is when you are sure that the other guys are in the wrong before you even examine the situation. It's a bar or a beam against good discernment. You have to strip away offense before the word can show you the correct view. You know, I've had planks in my eyes while talking about specks in someone else's. I know that's just me. Y'all haven't had that, huh? Can we really get right with our brothers without first being stripped and getting right with God? No, we can't. Absolutely not. So far, we've looked at three ways 
that the sermon is hindered. Simple habits, mere judgments, and offenses. Let's look how we're going to dial in discernment for tonight. Let's go to 1 Kings 3, verse 5. Let's do it. 1 Kings 3, verse 5. Amen. First three, five. We're going to read it to 15. It says that Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. I think that's interesting already. How amazing is that? Man, I want that. Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father, David, because he was faithful to you and righteous, and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him, and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child, and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart, to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, Since you have asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, not have asked for death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in the ways and obey my statutes and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke, and he realized he had been in a dream. Isn't that an amazing story? I think that's amazing. You know, for Solomon, instead of clinging to sinful habits, you know what Solomon did? He said, I'm an only child. I'm only a child. And I do not know how to carry out my duties. Instead of judging by mere appearances, Solomon asked the Lord to give him discernment. Instead of being offended with his enemies, Solomon let it go and asked for God's discernment. Isn't this all what we want to do? Isn't it all what we want to do? This reminds me of James 1, verse 5 through 8. Let's go to James 1. Say there when you're there. I think we've been, we've been on this scripture for the last couple of times we've met together too. says this, but if any one of you is lacking wisdom, let him direct prayer and petitions to God, the one who gifts, whose gifts are given generously and without grudging, and wisdom will be given to him. But let the prayer be offered with much confidence in faith, in no way doubting, for the doubtful man wavering in faith is like a wave of the sea being tossed by the wind. Let not such one Presume that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a man of double mind, 
in all his ways, uncertain, having doubts, and unstable. You know, in my life, there's had to be a stripping in order for me to dial into discernment. The Lord will give it to the man who asks, James 1.5 says. Some things that I'm determined to do. I'm determined to make my decisions by the word of God and with accountability. Amen. That's strong. That is so strong. I'm determined to lead my family in our mezuzah statement as instructed by the word and by our leaders. Are you? You know, at times in my life I would have said, yes, of course that I am, of course, but I didn't have the discernment to see. I am determined to carry out our family's role in this church as instructed by the word of God and our leaders. Determined. All of these things come from stripping away sinful habits, avoiding judging by mere appearances, and above all else, refusing to be offended. Amen. I guess stay offended. You know, I'm dialing in my discernment. Do you want to dial in your discernment tonight? Yes. Amen. Let's turn to Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. I'll read this in the Orthodox Jewish Bible. It says this, So therefore... Since we, have a surround, since we have surrounding us so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weighty impediment and easily ensnaring sins. And let us run with endurance and patience the race set before us, fixing our gaze on the founder of our faith and the one who makes it complete. Jesus, who because of the joy set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Guys, do you see that the first step in fixing our eyes on Jesus is to do what? We have to throw off what hinders us. Amen. Throw it off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, today when we got into worship, you know, I was, I was pressing, I was pushing as hard as I possibly could. Full transparency. Completely worried. Lord, I've, I don't think I'm adequate to give this word. Lord, I know that you spoke this when I was a little kid. And I know our pastors have called it out since I've... Since I've been here, uh, I said, Lord, I, I, I need you. I need you. I need you. And I was crying out to the Lord for the first 15 minutes of worship, what seemed like. And the Lord remembered, it brought something to my memory that not only has he called me to do it, not only is it our mezuzah, I've had brothers and sisters tell me over and over and over again, this is what you're called to do. This is, what you're, this is totally who you are. That accountability meant everything to me, surrounding ourselves by a great cloud of witnesses. If we strip away sinful habits, mere judgments, and offense, then we can see Jesus. More than that, we will see like Jesus, and our discernment will get dialed in. Let's go to Romans 12, 2. Romans 12, verse 2. It's a good word, Spence. Thank you. Romans 12, 2. It says this in the Orthodox Jewish Bible. Stop allowing yourself to be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the regeneration and the renewal of your mind so that you may ascertain what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable 
and the perfect will of God. You know, refusing to be conformed to the world allows you to ascertain God's will. You know, it does. I mean, I was thinking about this. I think me and Daniel were talking about this morning or, or, or yesterday. Just how much we're attached to the world and we don't even know it. How much we let the world stick on us and we don't even know it. What it would actually look like if we were in no way hindered by the world. If we were in no way letting the world take us at all. What, what we would look like as Christians. What our workplaces would look like. What our families would look like more and more. We have to ask the Lord for discernment to show us the spots where we're being worldly. Again, being stripped allows you to dial in your discernment. And I want to see through God's eyes. And I know you guys do too. As our discernment is dialed in, something else happens. It is happening to me. And I know that it will happen to you. It will happen to you. Let's go to Proverbs 20, verse 5. Proverbs 20. In verse 5, this scripture is very important to my family. This is something that the Lord gave us after the stripping away of a lot of things that didn't belong. Gave us purpose through the scripture. It says this in the OJB. The purpose in a man's heart is like deep waters, but a man of understanding will draw it out. That's why we're living our lives each day. As we're looking, me and Caitlin are talking at the end of the night and we're asking each other, did I, did I say the right thing here? Did I, did I actually call the purpose out of this person when we met? Did we do our purpose today? In August of last year, Caitlin and I sat down and we began to strip, strip away things that were hindering our discernment. This began to draw our purpose out. You know, the saddest problem with bad discernment is not only how you view others, but you lose vision of yourself and what you're called to do. You drift. Sometimes you won't know at all because your discernment's never been dialed up. You know, it breaks my heart for the years that, that I didn't step into my calling like I should. You know, I had brothers that were encouraging me, pastors that were encouraging me. Time that was missed, you know, because of stupidity and sin, things that should have been broken off and I didn't want to deal with. Is that you tonight? Is there things that, that are bothersome to you, but you're not going to war with, and you're not asking for discernment from Jesus to show you how to do it? As we near the close, I want to encourage something. I want to encourage myself. I want to encourage you. And I want to encourage those listening online. Let's turn to Isaiah 11, 2 through 5. Isaiah 11. Two through five. Say there when you're there. I thought that this was one of the most amazing scriptures in the studies that we did. This was so strong. So good. Isaiah 11, two through five says this. The Lord's spirit will rest on him. A spirit that gives extraordinary wisdom. A spirit that provides the ability to execute plans. Wow. A spirit that produces absolute loyalty to the Lord. Absolute loyalty to the Lord, guys. He will take delight in obeying the Lord. He will not, what? I think the ESV says he will not judge by mere appearances. Or make decisions on the basis of hearsay. He will treat the poor fairly. 
and make make the right decisions for the downtrodden on earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and order the wicked to be executed. Verse 5 says, justice will be like a belt around his waist. And integrity will be like a belt around his hips. Dialing in your discernment by stripping away what doesn't belong. Allows you to clothe you with something. Just like Nick preached last Wednesday. We're taking clothes off. We're putting clothes on. You can be clothed by the Holy Spirit. Your purpose can be revived And you can gain God's discernment tonight. That's awesome. That's awesome. Does anybody's purpose need to be revived tonight? Did you feel sluggish and like your discernment was off? We need the Holy Spirit. We need him to revive us. Let's turn to Ezekiel 44, 23. Say there when you're there. Amen. 44, 23. I'm going to read it out of the ESV. They shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the common, and show them how to distinguish between the unclean and the clean. You know, here we see that Ezekiel says basically what Hebrews said in the beginning. The word and men of the word will train you to distinguish good from evil. As we close, let's revisit Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews 5.14. We'll read it in the Amplified Version. Hebrews 5.14. says this, but solid food is for full-grown men, for those whose senses are mental and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary either to divine or human law. Look, tonight, and we'll have our pastors come up for prayer, but tonight, What I really wanted you guys to grasp is we need our our discernment dialed up. We need to to be tuned up. We've been going to to war with a lot of things. And sometimes we can get weary. But solid food is for full-grown men. For those whose senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate, distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil. Tonight, when we have that opportunity, let's, get, let's lay ourselves bare before the Lord so that we can get what he wants to show us. Amen. Amen. Y'all give Spencer a hand. The reason that I love Spencer's message as much as I do is number one, it's timely for the church. Number two, it's very present in his life. He just shared with you the last year's journey or so. I suspect that it's the same journey that many of you have been on. That's what it's like to be in fellowship. When we're honest with each other, 
As a brother begins to triumph, he helps you triumph. Yeah. We, we reach to help each other in these situations. I have one passage to read to you, then I just want to go back to the presence of the Lord. This has to do with Israel's calling and purpose and the role of discernment. Because you heard from Spencer that as his discernment got sharper through the stripping off of things that shouldn't be there, the naked training, if you will, then something else happened. His purpose began to revive. Listen to what God said to a nation that had the purpose of being a witness to the entire world. This comes from Deuteronomy, the book of Devarim, beginning in uh, verse 5. See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations. You could replace those two words with discernment to the nations. Who will hear about all the decrees and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I am setting before you today? When we strip away things that don't belong in our life, it allows God to clothe us with the wisdom of the Spirit. It allows Him to clothe us with the power of the Spirit. And others begin to take note that we are not ruled by mere natural instinct. We are different. We are fueled by the Spirit of God. And it gives the world hope when they look at you and see an ordinary person with supernatural understanding that they too can have what God has given you. So we're going to stand to our feet. We're going to begin to worship. We're going to be encouraged by the McLean's testimony. And I'm asking you to consider in your life. He gave us three specific areas. Is there a sinful habit that is corrupting your view of the world? You know, sometimes when you look at sin, you look at nothing else quite right. It changes the way you view people, their worth, all of those things. The second one that he shared with us was mere appearance. Do you have a habit of making snap judgment based on the way it looks to you without considering how it looks to God? These are, these are really important concepts that we have to grab hold of. The third, if you allow offense into your life, it is the great killer of the Christian. It's the scandalon that traps you into apostasy and you don't even know it. Offense will cause you to charge everyone else with wrong and blame and absolve yourself and you don't even know that you're doing it. Search your heart. Make sure that you're getting naked before the Lord, that he might clothe you with his presence. That's what we want. We want the world to see Jesus. If you're in a painful place tonight, And I know some of you are. If you're in a painful place tonight, I want you to know something. The prophecies that came forward, our king is very much aware of each of your positions. He cares for you. He loves you. Don't think that your way is hidden from him. He is looking for the opportunity to show kindness to you. Saints are marked by our perseverance. Let's have some discernment. He is not harming you. There's an enemy who wants to harm you. 
But the Lord is looking for the opportunity to show you kindness. Let's begin to pray. We're going to go into worship and we're going to close our service in worship.